This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, May 27th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. More water cuts. Republicans challenge tax analysis and Bayer settlement in trouble. State and feds further cut water deliveries. The State Water Board yesterday notified 930 junior water rights holders in the upper Russian River Basin to immediately reduce their water diversions to safeguard drinking water. There is a real risk of Lake Mendocino emptying by the end of this year, warned Eric Ekdahl, deputy director of the board's division of water rights. He added that another dry winter could transform the river into a series of disconnected pools. The board noted that it is still early in the dry season and additional actions may be needed as conditions worsen. On the Central Valley side, the Bureau of Reclamation officially cut all water allocations for agriculture contractors north and south of the Delta. The Bureau had previously suspended the 5% allocation. Deliveries to municipal water users dropped from 55% to historic use to 25%. In response, the Westlands Water District banned landscape watering to conserve water for drinking, cooking, and hygiene. Today's announcement reflects the harsh realities of a second year of drought and the second driest year on record, said Westland's general manager, Tom Birmingham. Reclamation's inability to make water available is one more reminder that the state's water supply infrastructure is inadequate. He said added demands from ineffective implementation of environmental laws have led to basic human needs not being met. Environmentalists with backpack air monitors seek out pesticide sprays. The Western Agricultural Processors Association is warning its members of people trespassing onto farms after pesticide applications. The trade organization alleges an environmental group is paying people to carry air monitoring equipment to detect pesticides, and these activists may attempt to enter a field or orchard immediately after a spray. The environmental justice community is resorting to using unproven and unapproved methods and equipment to attempt to demonstrate pesticides are impacting residents in these communities, reads the WAPA alert. We are concerned with just how far these activists will go to attempt to prove pesticide exposures. WAPA is urging members to contact the county sheriff and ag commissioner if they see any unauthorized persons near a field. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak West after this. Registration is now open for the 2021 AgriPulse Food and Agriculture Policy Summit West. AgriPulse editor Sarah Wyatt says California's ag future is at stake. Between the water shortages and the regulatory burdens and the labor shortages and trying to come back after COVID, how California is going to continue to be competitive. The summit features views from a diverse group of government, environmental, regulatory, and agriculture leaders. The take-homes will be about how California agriculture is resilient through all these tough times that they're finding new and innovative ways to succeed and to come together and be part of that solution. Make plans to attend the AgriPulse Food and Agriculture Policy Summit West, Monday, July 12th at the Grand Sheraton, Sacramento. 
Virtual registration is also available at www.agripulse.com. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak West. USDA raises ag export forecast again to record levels. The Department of Agriculture's Economic Research Service is now forecasting an even higher record-breaking year for U.S. agriculture exports in fiscal year 2021. The agency yesterday raised its forecast for U.S. ag exports to $164 billion, a $7 billion increase from the ERS February forecast of $157 billion, which also would have been a record-setting amount. The U.S. exported some $135.7 billion worth of ag commodities in fiscal 2020. A big factor behind the new increase is China's substantial corn imports, but strong demand from China and elsewhere for U.S. soybeans, beef, pork, poultry, dairy, and tree nuts are also boosting U.S. exports, according to the new ERS analysis. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Senate Ag Republicans seek details behind tax estimate. Republicans on the Senate Agriculture Committee are demanding Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack explain the department's analysis of Biden's proposal to tax farm estates. The senators are specifically asking USDA to explain its statement that the proposal would only affect 2% of farms that stay in operation. Biden is calling for taxing capital gains at death while allowing family-owned farms and businesses to defer the tax as they remain in operation. Biden also has proposed to restrict the use of like-kind exchanges to defer taxes on real estate sales. We have reviewed USDA's analysis of estate tax provisions in farms and farm families, but we are not aware of any publicly released USDA study on the impact of changes in the capital gains tax rate, the step-up in basis, and the like-kind changes as proposed in the American Families Plan, the senators write. Back to the drawing board on Roundup Settlement. Bayer and attorneys for a potential class of people exposed to Roundup appear to have a job ahead of them in crafting a settlement that will satisfy a federal judge in California. U.S. District Judge Vince Chahabria denied preliminary approval of a $2 billion settlement to address farm workers and others who were exposed to the weed killer but who do not have claims against the company. The judge's order found almost nothing to like in the proposed settlement, which he said does more for Bayer than it would for potential claimants. Echoing statements he made at a hearing a week ago, Chahabria also said Roundup does not have a, quote, real warning label and that Bayer has not tried to devise one that has more information about the dangers of using the product. Bayer, which usually issues statements after important roundup rulings, had not done so by the close of business on the East Coast. A lawyer for the class, Elizabeth Cabracer, said the deal, which includes access to legal services and research into treatment of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, would provide tremendous financial health and safety benefits for class members. WTO countries take firm stance on cutting ag subsidies. The Carnes Group, an alliance of ag exporting countries that doesn't include the U.S., and the Africa Group showed a united front yesterday at the World Trade Organization in support of cutting domestic agriculture subsidies that distort international trade. 
This ministerial decision must be of sufficient ambition and specificity to enable meaningful reform of trade and production domestic support with a view of enabling fair trade in agriculture, the nation said in a statement as negotiations ramp up five months ahead of the WTO's 12th ministerial conference. Domestic support for farmers is traditionally one of the most contentious issues debated at the WTO. The U.S. has been spending big in recent years to help the ag sector contend with the COVID-19 pandemic and the trade war with China. Here's today's He Said It. Eventually, we'll end up in a conference and hopefully make sausage that'll taste pretty good. That Senate Environment and Public Works Committee Chairman Tom Carper, a Delaware Democrat, on the path forward for an infrastructure package. Republicans are scheduled to release a new $1 trillion proposal today. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Thursday, May 27th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.